0: Have you become a member of Thrive Market? Go to thrivemarket.com slash Jimmy and you'll get $60 of free organic groceries from Thrive Market plus free shipping. Here's how it works. Listeners will get $20 off their first three purchases of $49 or more, and there's free shipping on every order. I recently spoke with the founder and co-CEO of Thrive Market, Gunnar Loveless, about how he keeps the prices so low.
1: What we do is we literally buy directly from the brands. We have very efficient, highly curated warehouses where we have two major warehouses that ship to 90% of the US population within two or three days. And because we're buying directly from the brands, we're able to cut out all those middlemen in the supply chain, brokers, distributors, slotting fees, all that garbage that's in the markup. We pass that along to our members who basically are paying wholesale prices for these products. And instead of us making money on the product sales, like every other retailer does, we break even even on the product sales and instead charge $60 a year for a membership, like a big box shopping club. So effectively for $5 a month, you get access to saving 25 to 50% off. You know, we're consistently 35% below Whole Foods pricing and the average American family is spending thousands of dollars a year on groceries. So if they're able to save 25 to 50% off, that's a big, big deal. And for the first time in history, our members are able to buy organic, high quality, the best brands that they already love the same price as conventional equivalents, and have it shipped to their home for free.
0: So again, visit ThriveMarket.com/jimmy to take advantage of this offer. Thrive Market. Have you read my best-selling book Keto Clarity and still have trouble trying to figure out this ketogenic thing? Then let me introduce you to my latest project called Keto Clarity Academy. Visit the website ketoclarityacademy.com where we're making low carb simple. This program is designed to help the average everyday person struggling with health issues, weight gain, and just needs a clearer understanding of what keto is all about. Our goal is to simply Teach practical ways to implement a Whole Foods nutritional ketogenic diet for optimizing both weight loss and health. We have various services available to you, including classes on ketogenic diets based on Keto Clarity. We also have one on one support and consultation mentoring, as well as a 24 hour texting with an instructor. Again, go to ketoclarityacademy.com and sign up now to find your clarity about keto. Keto Clarity Academy. Coming up in episode 1316, an LLVLC classic with Dr. Justin Marcajani.
2: Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place.
0: You're listening to the Live and Levita Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author, you're like the LL Cool J of podcasting, Jimmy Moore. Hey, hey guys, it's Jimmy Moore here with another Livin' La Vida Low Carb Show classic episode for you here today. And we've got a great one in a good friend of mine, his name, Dr. Justin Marcagiani. And many years ago, when I first started kind of looking into trying to find various medical professionals to come on, what I found was a lot of these professionals decided to forego the mainstream teaching of medical school in favor. Of more like a functional medicine approach, a holistic health approach, and Dr. Justin Marcajani was no exception to that. He went on to get his chiropractic degree and really specializes in a lot of these hormonal issues, gut health, really trying to dig deeper into why people have chronic disease. So enjoy this LLVLC show classic episode featuring Dr. Justin Marcajani. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome to the podcast a wellness expert, his name, Dr. Justin Marcajani. He has started off his career in the health field working in a surgical center as he prepared for med school. While at the University of Massachusetts, he worked in the surgical field, and it gave him a firsthand, up-close experience in the healthcare system, and it was through that experience he was able to see where it shined, and especially in the area of treating acute injuries and trauma. However, there were a lot of shortcomings that he saw as well in the area of chronic disease that he did not like, which is what made him want to look for a more holistic, natural approach to healing. And so uh, he did just that, went back and got his doctorate degree in chiropractic medicine. And today he's helping patients and uh, helping them not just heal their backs, but heal all sorts of parts of their health. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jimmy. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you, and I finally got to meet you. I've known you. Uh, you've written to me many times over the years, but I finally got to meet you in person at the Paleo FX conference. Uh, anybody yes. that's never been to that conference, com. Definitely try to book your way to get there, because anybody who's uh, who's anybody goes. So <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself, um, where you came from, and how you got interested in the subject of health, and why you originally were trying to choose the traditional medical school route, and why you switched over.
2: Oh, great. So I started out working in surgery, thinking that you know conventional medicine and cutting people open would be you know the the best way to get people back to optimal health. And yeah. and where it's great in acute injuries. I was the person there holding the limbs on the diabetic patients mm. as they were being cut off. Wow. So the surgeon would come in and they tie off all the arteries. They, they'd, they'd pull out the saw, literally, and I'd hold the limbs, and, and literally hundreds of limbs, feet, and et cetera, passed through my arms, brought oh. it down to the morgue, and I would sit there afterwards, and I'd talk with the surgeon and say, hey, how can we focus on prevention? How can we get in front of this and actually prevent this from happening? And you know, with your history of, of your show and Live in Levita Low Carb, that blood sugar – a low carbohydrate diet is paramount at reversing and preventing all of these blood sugar injuries. Right.
0: Wow. I I couldn't imagine. I am so squeamish at the side of blood. I couldn't imagine having to hold a limb that was being cut off that, that had to be surreal and you
2: know jimmy with your show and the, the simple things that you talk about just changing carbohydrate and getting your diet more anti-inflammatory things like that it doesn't sound that glamorous but
0: it can prevent so many of these unwarranted surgeries absolutely and and it's unfortunate that we kind of fight a system uh, on multiple levels Uh, You know, we talk about the pharmaceutical industry. We talk about the food industry. There's so many, uh, and the government, of course, um, so many Mm -hmm. kind of forces at work that fight against all of the things that would be the right way to fix things. Um, How do we change that? I know that's a loaded question.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, the whole industry is geared towards, on the surgical slash pharmaceutical side, five minute consults where a ICD-9 code has to be registered and a drug has to be prescribed. So yeah. that type of model is is kind of dying because it's not fixing people. But more people are coming to me in more of a cash-based model looking for functional medicine where we're spending more time with the patient. We're looking at their diet. I'm combing through their diet diary. We're looking for hidden sources of inflammation. Yeah. And we're trying to get to the root cause of what's driving everything because even if you address the blood sugar, if you still have Other hidden sources of inflammation, that can still drive your blood sugar up. Even just not sleeping properly can make you literally pre-diabetic. So it's not just the diet. There's other stressors at bay there, too.
0: Yeah, and stress itself uh, is probably the biggest thing. Uh, You can be perfect in your diet and exercise routine, but if you're stressed out all the time, you're going to unravel all the good that you're doing there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you certainly uh, are kind of breaking the mold of of what most people would look at as a medical professional. Are you seeing more and more people like yourself kind of emerging as the go-to resources that people are going to? Have you seen kind of an increase in your patient population as more and more people seem to be kind of getting on board with this nutrition message?
2: Yes, more people, so you have like the older generation people that are maybe late 50s to upward, those people are kind of under the doctor's order type of spell, you know, they they were brought up in that generation where it was what the doctor said goes, and now with the advent of the internet and great podcast shows like yourself, people have so much information and they can go and they can check the scientific journals, they can go log on to someone's podcast or read someone's blog, and they're getting really informed, and people... People that come to me are, they're very intelligent, they're asking lots of questions, and they want to know what's actually going wrong. So a lot of what I'm doing, it's education, because when people are educated, you create a lasting change, and they aren't going to be swayed by the next commercial that comes out spewing some, you know, fad diet or or some, you know, miracle drug, because they understand how their body
0: works. Yeah. Now, you yourself have uh, had to deal with some health issues. Can you tell us that story?
2: Yeah, so, you know, I I basically diagnosed myself with a autoimmune thyroid condition about four or five years ago called Hashimoto's, Mm. and you go to the conventional health system and there isn't much you can do. Now, myself, my thyroid numbers were perfect, but I had elevated thyroid antibodies, and Unless your thyroid numbers, your TSH is super high and you have overt thyroid symptoms, typically your medical doctors is going to just tell you, hey, it's all in your head. There's not much you can do about it. Yeah, and subclinical. They don't, yeah, it's subclinical. And when it comes to autoimmune conditions, the treatment doesn't change, whether you're autoimmune thyroid it's going to be Synthroid if you're, you know, regular or, you know, primary hypothyroid, it's going to be Synthroid. And a person like myself, I didn't have any markers that were out of range outside of my antibody. So I had to get to the underlying cause. And for me, I had some hidden infections like Epstein-Barr and um, H. pylori and a couple other gut infections that were driving a lot of the, the antibody and the immune inflammation
0: and destruction. Well, and unfortunately, most doctors aren't running that antibodies. Panel, they're just running TSH, T3, and T4.
2: Absolutely, and the big thing with thyroid conditions, and with especially with autoimmune thyroid conditions, kind of tying it into what you do with live and levita live, low carb, is blood sugar and carbohydrate metabolism has a huge effect on thyroid dysfunction. Yeah, huge. And I find I have a massive bias towards a low-carbohydrate diet. Now, some people don't stay there. Some people, we can kind of increase carbohydrate and find that that perfect level for them. And there's a couple ways we do it with blood testing. We will actually measure fasting insulin. We can do kind of a a at-home diet. Hypoglycemia test, where yep. we you know measure blood sugar, for, you know one hour, two hours, three hours after a meal. So it's really a customized approach. I always lean towards the default of a low carbohydrate diet, and then customize from there.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of the paleo diet, uh, you know, one of the memes in the paleo community is when you eat a very low carb diet, a la ketogenic, like what I do, uh, you're automatically putting your body at a susceptibility for um, hypothyroidism. And yet my contention back to those people that say that is as long as it's an adequate calorie, uh, low carb diet, ketogenic diet then that doesn't happen. What's been your experience uh, at Patients? So I've
2: seen it both ways. So okay.
0: there's a couple things.
2: Um, if you look at the A to Z study, this is a great study because it's- Christopher Gardner. Christopher Gardner put this study out. Christopher Gardner went into this study being with a, a vegan vegetarian type of bias. So right. the guy wasn't like you know, um, you know a, a low carbohydrate um, diet researcher. Like, like the people over at UConn and Duke, he was He was in this bias already, and he found all of these markers, HDL, cholesterol, went up. Uh, the ratio stayed the same, drop in blood pressure, drop in all these different uh, metabolic syndrome markers improved. But the key thing in that study that most people don't talk about, Gardner displayed it that Everyone on the low-carbohydrate diet actually lost weight and improved. But there were some people that were able to still get benefits on the Ornish diet, which was the very low-fat, high-carb diet. The question was, Jimmy, do you know who the people that actually saw benefit on the Ornish diet were?
0: The ones who ate the least amount of carbs?
2: Well, that too, but those were the people that were the most insulin sensitive the people Ah, that saw benefits they had their fasting insulin levels below 7 and they actually continued their weight loss but the people that had their fasting insulin greater than 10 they gained weight on the Ornish diet and I actually approached Dr. Ornish about this but he's my opinion, he's a little bit dogmatic on his approach that it's right for everyone. A little
0: dyed in the wool there, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he, he wasn't too open to that. But again, it's individualized. If you have fasting insulin levels, according to Gardner, of uh, greater than 10, you will gain weight on this higher um, carbohydrate diet. So I measure fasting insulin with my patients. And Jimmy, here's a big thing. Yeah, You can do blood sugar testing with the monitor. But if you're pumping out a whole bunch of insulin, you could knock that blood sugar back down and you'd look good. So that's why looking at the insulin can be helpful because some people will just cover up their blood sugar with a high amount of insulin production.
0: So how far away are we from having an at-home insulin test?
2: You know what? I would love to see that. Me I mean, too. <laughs> as soon as that happens, man. But right now, like on my intake with patients, I'll run fasting insulin. And yeah. if I see fasting insulin greater than 10, according to Gardner's research, I'm automatically going towards a lower carbohydrate. And if I see people with you know, a waist size for a female greater than 35 inches or yeah. 40 for a male, we're going low carb. And again, my biggest contention with people – on the Atkins is people automatically think Atkins is high protein and it's not, right. it's moderate protein, high fat.
0: We're working on that, man. We're working to yeah. redefine what that means. Cause you're right. Um, the media has done a brilliant job, Dummies to of, uh, redefining what, what Atkins means. It was never low carb, high protein. It was always, always, always high fat. And of course, high is kind of a sliding scale depending on your your metabolic needs.
2: Right, right. You have, you know, less than 20 if you're ketogenic or, you know, if maybe 50 to 100, depending on where you're at metabolically. But even with Atkins, you know, there's still an owl approach where it's ongoing weight loss and you're adding five carbs per week. So you could still find your carb threshold is still much higher after you do that keto reset.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just—it I just, just frustrates me, Justin, to see all the misinformation. Why aren't normal people getting this kind of information? You know that we share on this show all the time. It just seems like we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect that there will be different results. Exactly,
2: and so much of that has just come from you know government propaganda. If you want the full story, if your listeners want the full story, you can just go look at Gary Taub's book yeah. in the late seventies and the whole George McGovern Senate hearings. You know, he basically had a bent towards this high carbohydrate food pyramid approach, and yeah. and didn't look at any of the research saying the opposite. So there was an approach and at that time we could measure cholesterol so it made sense hey you know we could measure this thing it's in fat and protein let's just go with this high carb diet and it's the research is overwhelming today it really is
0: yeah we're still under the legacy of uh, the late ansel keys unfortunately he, his legacy still lives on to this day in 2014 despite the fact that his theories were never proven to be true
2: Right, right. And we get researchers like Jeff Folek and Eric Westman um, showing otherwise, but I love the Gardner study because yeah. you'll got, you'll, you know, you've seen the T. Colin Campbell interview with Eric Westman. <laughs> I mean, we know that you know, Eric Westman has his low-carb bent, you know, right. his low-carb bias, but the thing I love about the A to Z study is Christopher Gardner went into it, right. vegetarian, vegan, and he came out with staggering results showing the opposite.
0: Yeah, he's been on this podcast. He's a he's a really neat guy. I've actually got to meet him in person as well. And yeah, he's he's one of the true scientists, because if you are vegetarian and you're from Stanford University and you put out a study comparing, you know, and, and then letting the results speak for themselves, that that says a lot about your integrity as a scientist. Absolutely,
2: and, and individualizing the approach is, um, is really important. That's why I love how he, he categorized the most insulin-sensitive people. They actually lost some weight on the Ornish, but it's the people that are more insulin-resistant that are going to benefit. And I think paleo has really upgraded what Atkins was doing with cutting out the artificial sweeteners, focusing yeah. on organic foods. And, and paleo, in my interpretation, it's really macronutrient agnostic. It, it yeah. could be low-carb, high-fat, or it could be high carb, you know, moderate fat. I mean, it's as long as we're choosing the nutrient dense, anti-inflammatory, low toxin foods. That's kind of the foundation, and we can customize it for the individual.
0: And, and I totally agree with that, Justin. Unfortunately, I think some people have become believers that it's a higher carb diet, and anybody that would choose a more ketogenic, lower carb type of approach tends to get. Uh, and I've only. I'm only speaking from personal experience, tend to get a little mocked and ridiculed for doing that. And it seems like there's a certain segment of the paleo population. I know I'm getting controversial here, but I don't care. Uh, yeah. that, that like to say, if you eat very low carb, you're causing more harm than good. Why are they right or wrong? That's a great point. So one, when you go into gluconeogenesis, as, as
2: you talk about on your show all the time, we can take proteins and we can convert sugar out of them. So we can go relatively um, low carbohydrate, you know, for you, it'd be under 20, for some people, maybe under 50 or a hundred, depending on where you're at. You can take that protein and you can shuttle it over to glucose. You can take fat and you can shuttle it over to ketones. And even some fat can be converted to glucose in certain pathways. But the biggest issue, Jimmy, is that those pathways are actually cortisol dependent. So we need cortisol to to flood gluconeogenesis, and we need adequate thyroid hormone. So enough thyroid hormone will allow gluconeogenesis to occur, and it will even allow our livers to suck up glucose. So some people that are very low thyroid and are in severe adrenal fatigue, they actually benefit kind of finding the happy medium. So I always start at that lower carbohydrate threshold and we'll look at body temperatures, we'll look at how they're performing and we'll also curtail exercise because if you are low carb, adrenal fatigue, low thyroid and doing CrossFit, that's going to be a death rattle to destruction there.
0: They're back and better than ever at JimmyLovesFbomb.com. They are the F-Bomb Company. Fat is Smart Fuel. They have made some incredible products for the ketogenic community, and they make keto easier. They have products that include coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, house blend MCT oil, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut butter with sea salt, macadamia nut butter without salt, coconut butter, macadamia nut butter blend. They also have salted chocolate macadamia nut butter these are all available to you now at jimmylovesfbomb.com and if you head on over there now and you use the coupon code jimmylovesfbomb they'll give you 10 percent off of your first order jimmylovesfbomb.com Hey guys, we're back here with Autumn and Chaz from paleovalley.com, and if you don't know about them, they have these amazing 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef sticks, and they're gonna tell you about these today. Autumn, tell us a little more about Paleo Valley.
1: At Paleo Valley, we pride ourselves on making the most nutrient-dense, highest-quality products out there, and for that reason, we use 100% grass-fed and
2: grass-finished beef, which is actually very, very rare, but research has shown that it has higher levels of vitamins and minerals, a more favorable fatty acid ratio which actually reduces inflammation while conventional beef promotes inflammation. And it also has higher levels of antioxidants like glutathione.
1: Yeah, and another thing just to add to that, the way that we process our sticks is incredibly unique. As far as we know, we're the only people that are doing this. We ferment them. So there's a little ingredient and in a lot of beef sticks out there, even the healthy ones, called encapsulated citric acid. It's basically GMO-based and it's wrapped in hydrogenated yeah. oil and it's yeah. very inflammatory, not good for you. So instead, we ferment ours old-world style it allows us to make them shelf-stable and preserves them without the use of that little crappy ingredient. As a result, there's 1 billion CFUs of probiotics, so there's actually some gut health benefits to it as
0: well. Well, you heard it here first, you guys. They do it old school, and they have four delicious flavors all for you at PaleoValley.com. And if you use the coupon code Jimmy at checkout, you'll get 20% off your order. Paleo Valley. How would you like to test your blood ketones for just $1 per strip? Join the Keto Clarity Club at bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing. And join the club to get $1 strips when purchased in vials of 50. You get to choose how often that they will ship to you, and you'll still get that $1 price per strip. And while you're at bestketonetest.com, make sure you get the meter and we also have glucose strips sold in vials of 50 and you'll get $5 off with the coupon code jimmy there's also the ketonian special kit which allows you to get the meter lancet as well as a starter pack of blood ketone test strips again it's bestketonetest.com for the keto mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing bestketonetest.com A lot of people try a low-carb diet or, or even a paleo uh, diet, but they don't necessarily get the weight loss or the health benefits that they think they should. Uh, what's going on with these people? Are they just doing it wrong, or is there something underlying?
2: I just had a patient a half hour ago, and this patient was doing all the things, but was still having lots of skin issues and lots of uh, other underlying issues. And when we looked a little deeper, she had an underlying H. pylori infection, that was driving a lot of inflammation.
0: Is that a gut bacteria?
2: Yeah, that's a gut infection, primarily in the stomach, but that can throw off hydrochloric acid secretion, which we need for protein digestion. And again, if we're not breaking down foods, we're gonna be in this kind of fight or flight state, and we know fight or flight is gonna cause more cortisol and more stress hormones, which bring our blood sugar up naturally.
0: Yeah, So, so what do you do about it?
2: Well, one, we're you know, finding the right type of carbohydrates for this person. They're not overweight, so you know, we try to find that right balance for them. And again, my personal take is it, the whiter the person's skin, the more they evolved in an environment where there was winter, which means less tropical fruit, less vegetation. So they're going to be you know, more carbohydrate sensitive. They're not going to have the ability to go super high carb. So we find the right amount based on their activities and their stress levels. And we can use temperature. To assess that too and we can also just use subjective indicators how they look how they feel and how they perform as well
0: yeah The whole Rob Wolf trifecta, as I call it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's really helpful. But underlying infections can drive blood sugar issues. I mean, and here's the thing. You have this inflammation going on. You make certain um, inflammatory compounds. One's known as interleukin-6. And interleukin-6 is a contributing factor to insulin resistance. So it's like we have this positive feedback loop that makes things worse. The more inflamed we are, the more infections we have, and the more our adrenals and thyroid are out of balance.
0: Yeah. So, where do these infections come from? Is it lifestyle choices or what, what's going on?
2: So, in conventional medicine, there's this fancy term called allostatic load, yep. right? I make it more simple for my patients. I call it your <laughs> stress bucket. Right. All right. We put stressors in that stress bucket and stress primarily comes from three major sources, we have physical stress, you know, too much, too little exercise, chronic injuries, pain, car accidents. We have emotional stress, family issues, relationships, finances. And the biggest stressor of them all is the underlying biochemical stressors, aka hidden stressors, where people – you could have blood sugar issues and you wouldn't even know it unless you're measuring it or testing it. You wouldn't right. know. You could have a gut infection, you could have toxicity issues, you could have adrenal or hypothyroid symptoms that get measured by your doctor and you say you're normal because they're, you know, they're looking at maybe TSH or they're looking at cortisol from a disease perspective like um, Cushing's or Addison's and you're told you're normal. So we want to use more sensitive measurements that pick you up before you're in that pathological disease state. We want to f- use things that are more sensitive so we can find out where you're at before you get there.
0: Yeah. So with the uh, availability of blood sugar monitoring literally in every drugstore, Walmart, everywhere you can buy these glucometers, why don't more people test their blood sugar? I've been on a crusade to get people to start using that because it's such an important tool to kind of know where you stand.
2: That's a great question. Um, Jimmy, I think a lot of it just has to do with the American, yeah, the education, the American dietetic association, they deal with a lot of the education with diabetes. And frankly, the philosophy that I'm seeing spewed to my patients by them is that just cover it up with insulin, cover it up as insulin, use metformin, cover it up with insulin. Wow. And it's just, it's not a lasting solution. And, um, You know, insulin by itself can be inflammatory and cancer-promoting, so when I work with type 1 diabetics, patients that literally have to use insulin, we always get them down to the least amount possible, and we use insulin-sensitizing herbs as well because metformin and glucophage is probably one of the best drugs out there for blood sugar, but it does cause B12 and certain um, nutrient deficiencies,
0: so you have to be very careful with that. Yeah. Hey, do you know who Hope Warshaw is? I do not. She is a pretty famous uh, ADA-approved RD. And Mm -hmm. so she's been out there, and she's one of these people that's pushing a lot of carbs on diabetics. And she tweeted this as of the recording of this on this day. Be a fat detective. Dishes like baked potatoes are good picks until you add the butter cheese and sour cream on top don't let those toppings sabotage you so you want to know how I responded how'd you respond actually if you're diabetic ditch the potato put the toppings on top of whole eggs or a fatty burger patty and you'll control your blood sugar see they don't care about controlling blood sugar all they care about is pumping insulin in these people to cover up the carbs that they're eating
2: that's it. I, I agree, hundred percent. And it's sad because so sad. the because the path I've been on the other end of that path. Yeah. And when you're in the trenches and you're seeing people following all the advice and still having these things happen, it's sad because the people that are having these end results, they aren't all just hey screw it, I'm going to eat my my ho hos and my my dessert. A lot of them are trying to follow that advice. Right. And the advice is not good. And it's really simple. As a clinician. I am all evidence-based, so let's try things, let's look at various markers, and let's see if we improve it, and 99% of the time, they improve using these simple diet and lifestyle things, and and adding in other functional medicine um, things as well can be even supercharged even more.
0: Well, and it's as if that insulin they're using to cover up the carbohydrate in and of itself doesn't have any consequences at all. (laughs) <laughs>
2: I know. Insulin is very, very, very damaging. Now, higher blood sugar is more damaging. Right. So they are able to mitigate one stressor with the blood sugar, but they add another stressor on top of it. And for anyone at home watching this in front of a computer or PubMed, just go type in hyperinsulinism and any type of disease you want, and you will find the connection. Oh, yeah. Go yep. hyperinsulinism cancer, hyperinsulinism colon disease, any condition, thyroid. It is the connection is so strong. So, just next time that recommendation is put out to one of the listeners, really, you know, go back and really think: Does it make sense to add this thing in there? You know, if all of these things on the other side are are so detrimental. And for type one diabetics, this is the different story. You're going to yeah. need insulin. The question is, getting it down to the absolute
0: least amount possible. And what's the best way to lower insulin in a non-type one diabetic? lower oh, your carbs
2: lower your carbs and actually increase the fat too because i see people on low carbs yeah. but they they'll do chicken breast that's skinless <laughs> they'll do their protein shake with no fat in it right. they'll do super lean meats and they'll come back to me saying i'm hungry, hungry i'm this
0: irritable yeah
2: like that's because it's a low carb high fat diet i never say low carb without adding high fat in it because I see so many patients make that mistake yeah. and then they have all of the hunger pains and they think, oh, this doesn't work or they go low carb and they just go so low calorie because a lot of the ketones are appetite suppressing right. and now they have this appetite suppressing feedback and they actually go a little bit too low in calorie.
0: And that, that could trigger some thyroid issues.
2: That can trigger because you go low, low calorie and, and hypothyroidism, massive connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like the uh, terminology that's being used in countries like Sweden, and I'm even seeing it pop over in New Zealand and South Africa and Australia. They're using LCHF. That says it all. Low carb, high fat. So LCHF. I like that as a branding term.
2: I do. I do love it. And, you know, when you add the paleo approach to it, the paleo is important because some of the Atkins stuff, you know, he was talking about soy protein and he was okay with aspartame and he wasn't looking at the quality of the meat. So I look at what the paleo has done, is really upgraded, you know, the Atkins-like mindset where now we're looking more at quality as well as the macronutrients too.
0: And that's what LCHF, I think, communicates because most of those people, I know Dr. Andreas Einfeldt in Sweden and Professor Tim Noakes over in South Africa and different ones around the world, when they say LCHF, it's assumed already the highest quality foods that you can find, not the soy protein and, yeah, all all that horrible stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's important because I lost 10 pounds, Jimmy, just cutting peanut butter out of my diet because- What what I assume was based on lab testing, I had lots of fungus or mycotoxins in my body. When I cut out some of these mycotoxin-producing foods, I lost significantly more weight, and these foods were still low-carb. So cutting out the mycotoxins
0: made a big difference for me as well. Yeah, trying to educate people about it's more than just carbs. Carbs is important, yes, but then once you dial in the carbs and, okay, maybe start off with peanut butter, but then you realize almond butter is a better choice – Much better. You switch over and and you see the benefits. Absolutely.
2: And then when we add in the toxin connection, we know that toxins affect blood sugar metabolism. So then you got lots of people that are being exposed to to many toxins in our environment. And those people are going to benefit too going on more on the lower carb side, whether it's less than 20 in the keto state or kind of being closer to 50 to 75 or under 100. Those people are going to benefit too.
0: Yeah. So you kind of fashion yourself as a thyroid specialist. In fact, you have a website, fixyourthyroid.com, and it obviously is a personal interest of yours because of the uh, autoimmune thyroid condition that you yourself had to go through. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you help patients uh, you know, when they come in, because I'm sure they come in and say, hey, all my tests are normal, but why do I feel horrible? Yeah, so what I've
2: created for patients on the Fixture Thyroid cell, uh, site, as well as the JustInHealth.com site, I have a, just a thyroid webinar. It. Yeah, JustInHealth.com. <laughs> and I have a thyroid series that people can take a look at. It just kind of walks them through the common causes of thyroid issues. because. I get great results with patients because I spend a little bit more time educating them, and that's just a great way to to walk away with a lot of knowledge on your thyroid, as well as some of the blood sugar connections are also addressed and connected in there as
0: well. Yeah, why do people just say I have a thyroid problem if they can't lose weight? What? what, what why are they defaulting to that?
2: Well, I think you know we do
0: know that thyroid
2: controls metabolism, and I think it's we, you know, it's been put out there that people that are overweight have low um, metabolism, but it's more than that because I see some people that are heavy, Jimmy, their thyroids are actually pretty darn good. It's more of an adrenal fatigue, hyperinsulinism thing. And that's more of the primary issue. So when we do these functional tests, we can kind of sit down and look at blood sugar handling kind of Lay it out, we can look at adrenal function, we can look at thyroid function and or chronic infections and we can kind of prioritize which systems are off the most. So yeah. it allows us to kind of take a, a sniper rifle approach to the person's physiology and fix exactly what's needed in the right order versus just having a you know, trying to hit our target with a bazooka, if you will.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get real practical here because people love listening to this show for practical information. If somebody wanted to run all the pertinent thyroid panel, what are they looking to run?
2: Great. So first off, I would suggest everyone to go sign up for the thyroid uh, webinar series because I go into that in depth. But yep. just here now, what I'd also recommend is looking at TSH because TSH can diagnose overt hyper-hypothyroidism
0: issues. But and what are you looking for there?
2: You're looking for an elevated TSH. Now, in conventional medicine, they're talking about 4.5 and above right. for low thyroid function. Now, the research is showing as you start going over 2.5, you're starting to predispose yourself to a low thyroid condition.
0: So, kind of like pre diabetes with 100 blood sugar fasting. Yes. So, you're kind of, it's a telltale sign something needs to be done or it's going to get worse.
2: Yes, and people also need to be aware of the fact that these thyroid you know, uh, reference ranges are created on a bell curve. So, two and a half percent of the population get to be put on the low side, two yeah. and a half on the high side, and 95 percent of the population are considered normal. And you and I know <laughs> wow. when you walk into an airport, 95 percent of the population is not normal or healthy. Well, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that's a no brainer. So, we want to use more functional ranges that are more narrow. So, that's important. So, the next layer on top of that would be your T4. Right. And we have free and total fractions of that, but that's an inactivated thyroid hormone. Right. So T4 is important, but we want to look at how it gets converted to T3 in our free and total form, and that's really important because that's really where our metabolic activity lies is in our T3, and there's a lot of things that can affect that T4 to T3 conversion, as well as insulin and blood sugar issues can also affect that T4 to T3 conversion.
0: Yeah. So when is desiccated Uh, thyroid, uh, also known as armor thyroid, when is that appropriate for someone uh, to take and why is it better than Synthroid?
2: Well, Armour or Nature Throid or West Throid or Proloid, right. these desiccated thyroid compounds, they have a combination of T4 and T3. So, with Synthroid, because I run these tests all the time, I see a lot of patients that just can't make that conversion of T4 to T3. They can't make that conversion of the that activated thyroid hormone because the issues that are driving that conversion are never addressed. Yeah. So, they tend to do not so good on Synthroid. So. Getting them over to a better type of thyroid that's more complete is going to be more helpful. Although, I find most people, once we get the blood sugar addressed, once we get the adrenals addressed, and also if they're a good candidate for iodine, those things can make a huge difference with helping the conversion along with selenium and some other herbs and nutrients. So, my approach with people, if they're not already diagnosed with thyroid issues yet, I tend to go – for the diet, the lifestyle, and the adrenal support over the first month or two, and we see how they're doing there, because I can take so many people out of that hypothyroid state just in those first few months, not even addressing the thyroid directly, but there are a handful that still will benefit from just specifically treating that thyroid with thyroid hormone, but it's very individualized.
0: Yeah. And I'm really glad you brought in the iodine uh, aspect of all this. I had a guy on several years back named Jorge Fletches, who uh, is really into the iodine and that being such an important part of of this thyroid conversation we're having. So iodine, uh, you know, how do people get more of that in their diet to help regulate this? So iodine is a really sensitive topic. We have kind of two camps out
2: there. We yeah. have the, the the Brownstein camp, which is iodine is going to you know fix everything. We need it at very very high levels. Yep. And we have the Dr. Karazian camp, which is you know <laughs> if you're autoimmune thyroid, you right. should have no iodine at all. Right. And I kind of lean more towards the Karazian side when there is autoimmune condition. So if there's if they're not autoimmune, then and they have thyroid issues iodine is one of the first things we're going to go to, and we're going to make sure it's a combination of iodine and iodide. That's very, very important. But if there's autoimmunity – then the, the, the focus is gonna be more on reducing the inflammation because if we flood the body with a whole bunch of iodine, these sodium iodine transporters that help manufacture um, thyroid hormone, the inflammation kind of overwhelms the body and when we add the iodine, it can actually create more harm than good. So we wanna, if they're autoimmune, kind of get the inflammation down first
0: before we go that route. Yeah, uh, speaking of camps with a supplement, Vitamin D3 kind of falls into that category too. You've got people that say, you know, take super high doses and get it to, you know, 60 to 80. And then others say, well, maybe not so much. Do you uh, use vitamin D3 within the realm of what you do too? Absolutely. That's, I mean, everything's part and parcel. So when we
2: look at, autoimmune thyroid conditions, the research says that these people have a vitamin D polymorphism, meaning their requirements for vitamin D are higher. So I go more to the 60 to 100 levels yeah. when we see autoimmune thyroid patients. And it makes sense because this this really isn't a thyroid issue. It's a immune system issue that's kind of uh, I- intertwined with the collateral damage of the thyroid gland. Yeah. And some people, because of that destruction, they may need thyroid hormones. So, it's very, very individual. So, adding to that, looking at reverse T3 and the thyroid antibodies, TPO and antithyroglobulin are, are so, so important to get a complete
0: picture. Absolutely. Well, some people might be listening and saying, wow, he speaks so well. He must be a podcaster. And guess what? Yes, he is a podcaster. The name of his uh, show is Beyond Wellness Radio, beyondwellnessradio.com. Why did you start a podcast? How, How long have you been doing that?
2: been doing the podcast probably the last three or four months because I love teaching and, and I find that patients, people out there get better with great education. And for years, I listened to your podcast religiously, all the people you had on, and it made me a better doctor. And at the same standpoint, educating my patients make my patients better. They're more compliant. They understand why because it's so important knowing why you're doing it and not just – well, it's doctor's orders.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that you do videos as well, youtube.com slash justinhealth, and uh, do a really good job there kind of teaching, and I I love teachers uh, in video form because it's amazing. You can really connect with an audience, and you never look at your audience. Uh, it's it's kind of cool, and and I think you do a really good job of that, Justin. Uh, I think people they connect with you because you are relatable. You are sharing some really quality information that's going to help them.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. And you I'm also trying to help more people. About 50 to 60% of my practice is all over the world. Wow! So what, what I'm offering for certain people is they can check out my site, and I do offer um, certain complimentary uh, consultation options where patients can come in, take a look. I can take a look at their blood work. We can make some suggestions and even help them get on a program.
0: His name is Dr. Justin Marcajani. He is at justinhealth.com I love the play on words Justin Health thanks his, his name is Justin and it's Justin Health but it's just in health okay okay you get it now Absolutely. and also check out fixyourthyroid.com and beyondwellnessradio.com was his podcast site well Justin thanks so much for joining us here today on the Live and Levita Low Carb Show Thanks Jimmy, it's been great. Coming up next time on the Live and Low Carb Show, we'll have an LLVLC Show Classic episode featuring the founder of a company called Keto Foods, his name Arn Bay. Get show notes for today's episode at the low carb And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live and Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time.
1: Disc of Light